Hi there, I'm Griffin Matthews from HBO Max's The Flight Attendant. I'm at the Man Cave Chronicles with Elias. So happy to be here. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal! You're my boy, boo! Yo, Adrian! I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah! TV. Nice! Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Griffin, welcome to the cave. I'm happy to be in this cave this man cave of yours how are you man what's new it, it's great i'm this is the least manliest cave i just saw the whole <laughs> thing the man cave mine has lilies and irises and and pumpkins and flowers and nothing wrong with that the cave. yeah why not <laughs> what else you're gonna do these days right like you said there's earlier. nothing else to do but buy flowers and talk to people that's what we can do surviving <laughs> So, man, yeah, you've been busy, and the listeners and viewers know you for recently from uh, HBO Max's The Flight Attendant, uh, you've done, which I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, you've also done other projects like Ballers, Dear White People, uh, Dollum. You've been busy, my friend. I've been a little bit busy, but that's how I like it to be. I don't like to be not busy because currently I'm not busy. I'm just raising children and chickens, so... <laughs> So let's get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, how, uh, what age did you kind of had an idea? This is what you wanted to get into, and but you've also done writing, directing, producing, yeah. also. So, I don't remember a time in my life when I wasn't performing. So I don't remember an age. I just yeah. know my earliest memories. I was performing on my parents' coffee table, and I had two brothers. I was in the middle of. Uh, two other boys and they were my audience. And so I've always been performing. I don't think I actually started to take it seriously until I think my junior year in high school when I found out, cause another guy sitting next to me in choir got into Carnegie Mellon, which is a pretty great school for musical theater. And I didn't even know you could go to school for theater. I thought you had to go to school to like get a real job. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't even know that that was a possibility. And so once he got into Carnegie Mellon, I was like, well, I gotta go to Carnegie Mellon. And that was the start of me realizing that I could make a career out of performance. Wow. Was there like a specific, like even like a movie or TV show that you're watching one day and, and, or somebody that you looked up to and you're like, yeah, this is, I think this is what I want to do. Yeah. I wanted to be on the Cosby show. I was a child of the eighties. I saw all of the, the, those were yeah. when all the black sitcoms were on. And I was like, I want to be on the Cosby show. And then there was a different world. And I was like, right. and then when I'm older, I'll be on a different world. So yeah. It was really, the Cosby show was the first time that I saw a family that looked like my family on television. And, and so that was kind of the, I, I just wanted to be in that world. Whatever yeah. that was, I wanted to do that. Yeah. I remember that it was Thursday nights. It was Cosby, different world. And I forgot what came out. I went a bit Cheers. Cheers. After, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. My dad yeah. watched Cheers and he sent us upstairs to go to bed. But cheers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that. Wow. I'm That's looking awesome. over to the side because I'm, I'm I've got a bottle in a child's mouth. <laughs> so, okay. so um, so I also mentioned uh, you also done directing, writing, and producing. How did that all uh, happen while you were trying to get into the acting world? Yeah, I think that these days trying to be a multi hyphenate artist is the goal because it's really hard to only have a career in one thing. If you can have a career as an actor, you're super lucky. You can yeah. have a career as a director, you're super lucky. Most of us are bouncing 
from in front of the camera, behind the camera, behind the scenes. So for me, I started directing, I was directing a lot of theater projects and, um, and it's a completely different headspace because when you're directing, you have your eye on the entire uh, project. And when you're acting, you're just, you, your eyes on your character, yeah. you know? So um, I really have enjoyed the directing space because it lets me see the entirety of the story we're trying to tell. And yeah. it's also made me a better actor. Now when a director says, Griffin, can you do this? I don't fight him. I'm like, yep. Let's try, because I realize you mentioned all that. Like, what's your favorite out of all those between uh, producing and directing and acting? Like, if you if you had to stick with one, also, what would it be? I think my favorite is oh, it's so tough. It's either directing or acting. I think it has to do with like the the lovely thing about being an actor is you get to go into a tunnel and you get to just focus on that story and it's not your own story it's somebody else's you get to like you know be a nerd and and, yeah. and and really dig in and when you're a director it's i think more stressful right because you're looking at everybody and you're holding up the whole project um these days i'm interested i, I really like the acting portion it's been it's it's been very good to me and and i i enjoy diving into other people's stories yeah so what, I was reading online when I was doing some research on you. I know you grew up in Pittsburgh. Uh, at what age did you move to LA? And what was one of the first things that you did out there? So the first thing, I, I left Pittsburgh after Carnegie Mellon. I graduated Carnegie Mellon, and I think I was 21 years old. And I moved to New York City. And I lived in New York for maybe 10 years, wow. something around there. And then, and then a lot of my classmates were living in LA and doing quite well. And I was always like, how are you all buying cars and buying houses? <laughs> what, what the hell? Because in New York, you're just poor. All the, you're right. working all the time and you're all the time poor. And so I was looking at my friends in LA. I was like, what's happening? I need to go out there. And so I moved to LA really specifically to do television because at the time, LA was the only spot for TV and New York was theater. So um, I think I moved to LA when I was probably 27 or eight. Um, and I decided to sit tight and, and focus on my, my television career. So it takes a long time to be an overnight success. You know, yeah. LA is like, it's an uphill climb. So I've been at the game for, for a very long time. How many years total have you been at it now? Oh God. Okay. So I just turned 39 uh, on Christmas. So, I mean, Technically, I graduated when I was 21, but I went to drama yeah. school at 17. So do the math a, wow. a long time. And, wow. you know, like most artists have always been artists. That's why I say I've been at it. I was acting when I was in elementary yeah. school. So forever, forever, a lifetime. Out of uh, before the flight attended, what was like one of your other favorite gigs that you had that you still sticks out to this day as a, a favorite one? Well, I think that Dear White People changed the course of my career i think i was always like doing you know i call myself a blue collar actor i'm always yeah. auditioning people yeah. don't offer me jobs that is not how this works i audition and fight for every job i get um but dear white people changed the course of my career because it was a recurring that lasted for several episodes yeah and so i really got to it wasn't like a guest star when you just come on and you do one episode and you go away I had seven episodes to really develop a character and 
And I just found that process uh, and the set life and the directors and the producers. First, it was a it was a black show, and so it was the first time I'd been on set with a bunch of people that looked like me that were talking yeah. like me, and um, so that that in and of itself was really great. And then I just think the character I played a character named Deontay, and and he was so wild and such a I think a standout character that yeah. I think it kind of put me on the map. So. How different was that character now compared to Shane? <laughs> Honestly, so different. So yeah. different. And and I'm actually really... Every character teaches you something. Yeah. I don't mean to be so artsy-fartsy because if, uh, if people are not actors, they're like, what are you talking about? Every character teaches you something. But it's more about... It's like every job teaches you something about the next job and the next job yeah. after that. And so that job, because that character was so loud... Um, and living so freely, it made me, Griffin, the, start to live louder and more freer. And so when yeah. I got to the flight attendant, I, I was more confident in Shane. I knew what I needed to do. Also, I had, you know, Kaylee Cuoco and Rosie Perez and T.R. Right. Knight and Zasha Mamet. These were names people I've seen on TV. And you can go into to work and, and start to shrink because you're like, oh, my God, these are the giants. But I think because I had played a character that was so, such a scene stealer, um, I walked onto that set unafraid of Kaylee and Rosie and Zosh. Right, that. right. You know, like I, I just wow. felt, I felt like I belonged. Yeah. How exciting was this project for you, The Flight Attendant? By far the most exciting job of my career, mainly yeah. because... I got the job and four days later I had to fly from LA to New York to move to New York to start shooting. And then two weeks into New York, we flew to Thailand to start shooting in our, our overseas material. So we were like actually flying around the world, which was really yeah. amazing. And, and also, you know, it, it, the job, let, it combined a lot of the things that I love. It combined the traveling and the acting and the culture and also the queerness because I was playing, you know, an openly gay professional on TV, which I think this was my first adult. I don't think I've ever played an adult on TV. Really? I normally play college kids and obviously I'm not in college. <laughs> so this is the first time I was like, oh, I'm an adult. I have a job. Yeah. This is fantastic. So, so. The, the entire show was exciting and also the energy when you're on a new series is very different than when you're stepping into season four you know um the energy was amazing and the cast was amazing and the everyone it was just an exciting time and now that we're in a pandemic right thank god we got to travel thank god i saw bangkok thank god i saw rome and new york places that i'd love to go now but i'm sitting in my house in my pajamas <laughs> So I got to know, before you went to audition for Shane, like when you read the script, what was your thoughts when you first read this? And then tell us about your audition. I didn't read the script. Really? There is no script. That is they, not how this works. They did not give us a script. You have uh, uh, two or three scenes that you learn right? because this show was so top secret. They did not want anyone to know. So when you're auditioning, they don't give you the script. I didn't know anything about Shane other than the three scenes that I have. Wow. And so, yeah, you're trying to piece it together based on the information inside of the scenes. Um, so when I found out the entirety of Shane, I, and I also didn't find that out until I got to New York. 
um, once I had already gotten the job. And then we started, you know, we were doing table reads and they were like, yeah. do you know what the secrets are? And I didn't know anything. So I signed on to do the show, um, you know, still somewhat in the dark. Yeah. So you didn't, you didn't even know who was on the show. I knew that Kaylee yeah. was on the show and I knew that yeah. Rosie was on the show. But no, when I showed up to that first table read, I was like, really? Her? Oh, him? Oh, what? You know, it was, it's, <laughs> it's like being in the first day of kindergarten. You're just meeting everybody. You don't know anything. Yeah. When, when, was this a self tape or a live audition when you went? No, it was a live audition. My, yeah. my final audition was a chemistry read with Kaylee. Oh, and wow. I, there was a, a, a hallway full of other guys and you go in one at a time and you're meeting Kaylee and the producers are in the director and the writers yeah. are all there. And so you walk in, it's a like casting directors are there. It's a big room full of people. And I think you, you know, I sat down in front of Kaylee and instantly knew that we had chemistry. Some chemistry reads, you sit yeah. down, it's like a date. You sit down right, right, right. and you're like, womp womp, no chemistry. I don't get you. You don't get me. Bye. Yeah. And this one, we like started talking and I instantly, I was like, oh, we're friends. We feel like old friends. We were talking the same, same jokes, yeah. same humor, same approach. Um, Kaylee was very, very, very warm and also very, very, she's so silly. You know, she's like so professional, but she's so silly. And I am the same way. And so we just started keying. Wow. We were just cracking up, you know, wow. so... That was my that was my final audition. Wow. How would you describe Shane? And how did you how do you prepare for a role like this? I would describe Shane as um, super intelligent and stealthy. You know, Shane has a secret, and I think it's a, you know, I don't want to give it away, but it's a pretty big secret that yeah, alters yeah. the course of you know himself in the show. Um, so he's stealthy, he's smart, he's funny. Um, He's intelligent, he's sexual, he's all the things that, you know, you want in a character. And look, I, I think the way that I prepared for him was every day that I walked into in to shoot, I just said to myself, do not shrink because he doesn't shrink. It's very, right. when you're an actor, you walk on a set, most people don't know how TV really works. There are hundreds of people around us. All the, for a two person scene, there yeah. can be a hundred people standing there. And so it's very easy to get nervous, which I do, um, and to shrink, which is very, you know, possible. So, so anyways, I would say to myself, don't shrink. Pretend that these people are not here, you know? You and that was what I said to myself every day to just try to keep my confidence up and, and my humor alive. Yeah. How close is his character to the book? Because the, the show is based off a novel also. Do you have any idea? Did you go back and read the book maybe? Yeah. Know. So we were encouraged when we got the job. I, I obviously had heard that it was a book. And we were told by the producers, the writers, directors, do not read the book. They did not okay. want us to read the book because okay. it, it, they're, they didn't want us to, to get confused about who we were because the characters okay. in the book are not exactly the same as the characters that we play on the, on the TV. And also all of the relationships and the reveals and the secrets are not the same. So when I stepped into the job, I did not read the book and I intentionally stayed ignorant to that whole. I didn't yeah. want to know anything over there. I just wanted to know what was on the page. Wow. Yeah. And you mentioned a secret about your character, which we won't spoil. Obviously, you know what it is. I know because I've seen it. Uh, did you have any idea about that secret? 
until in the beginning or you didn't find out to like the last uh well we shot the show out of order so we okay. actually shot the finale i think maybe where episode four would have been if we had gone in sequential order it would have been number four so we were in rome you know yeah. there's a there's a, a lot of drama in rome we went to rome in january and that was episode i think four so we shot the ending of the show and that's kind of we had a lot of conversations because they were still writing some of the episodes in between. And, yeah. and so I had to get really, really clear between episode one and four, the finale about who I was and what I was doing. And so we had a lot of conversations because we were shooting out of order about if I'm this person, what do I need to say here in episode two to make it make sense for episode right. eight? And, you know, yeah. we were always Kaylee and I behind the scenes chatting about where are we in space and time and how do we make this all make sense so that when you go back we feel like you know we shot it all in order like we lived it in order mm -hmm. um so no i didn't actually know the fullness of who i was um when i signed on and then i kind of was taking a lot of leaps of faith with our writers and just trusting yeah. that they knew where we were going you know it was game of thrones <laughs> I didn't sure. know what was I really did it we didn't know who was going to live and die I was right. like is everyone alive in this episode what happens did you uh what's your favorite shame moment scene quote <laughs> one of my favorite quotes before we even, I even let you answer that it was like I was trying to remember it last night and I couldn't remember and I even tried to google search it when you're at we'll, we'll spoil this though a little when you're at the funeral and yeah. you're like you brought me to C3's funeral or something like that and I'm like it was like a classic shade. Yes. I, I think the funeral episode is, I've just gotten the, every interview that I've done, everyone talks about the funeral. It was our, my personal favorite episode to shoot. Um, Kaylee and I spent many, 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 many days in a big old mansion and cracking up and sleeping on the set and just like, you know, yeah. we're in it. But I think my favorite scene is, with Michael with an M the guy, there's a cater waiter. I won't yeah. spoil it, but I had a great little improv scene with him. And then Kaylee and I obviously had several juicy scenes in the funeral and it was just a ton of fun to shoot. Yeah. You mentioned earlier the chemistry, like, so how would you, cause you've had a lot of scenes with her, you know, on the airplanes and in different scenes in the episodes. Uh, what's your, like, how would you describe that chemistry? I, I think that, you know, again, I say it's like a date because sometimes you have chemistry with people and times, sometimes yeah. you do not. And sometimes you have great chemistry with people. I, I, I've done shows where I've had great chemistry with my co-star, but offset, we barely spoke. Yeah. And what was really sweet about this experience was Kaylee and I became friends offset. So we were hanging out. Yeah. Off screen. And same with Rose and Zasha. Like, we are all actually friends. And so it kind of made the experience a lot sweeter because a lot of us live in LA and we were living in New York. <laughs> you know, we were away from our spouses and our kids. Yeah. And, and so, um, so I think that chemistry, what we were doing off screen, we decided to put on screen. When you're looking at me and Kaylee, that's us. That's what yeah. we're doing. That's awesome. And so it was a lot of fun to just get to play and, and stay. Our set vibe was very, very light. It was lightness yeah. and it was, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. Out of all the places that you travel for the show, what's your favorite? 
Well, I, I've now said that I'm Italian because I really believe in my heart that I am actually Italian, um, Roman. I've yeah. never seen, I had been to Italy before, I'd been to Milan, but I'd never been to Rome. And Rome was life-changing. I've just, the buildings, there's an ancient city in the middle of the city, the columns, the Colosseums, as what's happening. I've never seen the food, the hospitality, it was the fashion, it was incredible. Um, so I'd like to go back to Rome and get fat. That's what I really want to do. Lots of any, drinking. Lots any, of word, any word on season two yet? I think, well, we're definitely picked up for season two, which is super exciting. I'm, I'm very excited to get back to work. Um, and then uh, I, I don't know when we start shooting. I think this whole COVID thing has, yeah. it's got everybody kind of, you know, A, needing to stay safe and alive. And it's been tricky for artists to try to figure out how to make art in the middle of this madness. So I'm hoping we get back as soon as possible, but I think we're going to get a season two out before the end of the year. Yeah. If you have any input, what do you want Shane to do happen if season two? What would you like for him to see? Here's what I really want. I want Shane to have a husband. I just think it'd be so, it's so good. Shouldn't he have a husband? Season one, it's boys everywhere. Maybe season two, is there a wedding? Is it Erica Kane? Is there, you know, what is it? I don't know. So maybe a husband. I just want to get to know who who he is off that airplane. I want to know what his house looks like, you know? Is he single or does he have a family? I'm curious. I don't know the answer to that. I truly don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so I, I would love to see Shane at home. I want to know who he is there. Yeah. Out of all the cast members, is there somebody that you would you hope to have more seeds with next time around? That's easy. I want to act with Zasha Mamet. I, I, I literally, I mean, what happens in TV is you shoot I shot all of my stuff. I never saw Zosh. I didn't see her at all. Not one day on set. Wow. We never worked together. I would only see her at a dinner or a party. Yeah. Um, but I think she's so good on the show. I think she's so fantastic. And she is even more fantastic in life. So I just want to get to like, you know, play with her on, on screen. Yeah. We mentioned pandemic a few times. Was there any other projects that you got coming out that you filmed or did before the pandemic that you're ready to share with us? Well, here's what I can say. I, I am doing a lot of writing in the pandemic and I, I've been developing a show uh, alongside Esther Dean, who many people know from Pitch Perfect. And also yeah. she wrote, she's the, the writer of Katy Perry's Firework and Rihanna's Rude Boy. So we're developing a musical series together, which is really exciting and i've just i've been i'm going to direct a piece uh a film called the amish project um by a writer named jessica dickey so i'm it the the great thing about that i also had a baby in the middle of the pandemic so i've got a five-month-old that was a pandemic surprise um so yeah i've been really busy trying to tell more stories and raise these children that's my that's my my latest projects. Uh, Griffin, lastly, how can the listeners find you on uh, social media? Yes, I'm Griffin's Thread. Griffin's Thread on Instagram and Twitter. Griffin, this was fun. Thank you for coming on. You're the best. Thanks for having me. (laughs) 
That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. <laughs>